0: Hello everyone, I'm Bob Mayne, and this is another episode of the Handgun World Podcast. A practical show done by a practical guy. I am not ex-law enforcement or ex-military, and I'm not a famous gun writer or fancy gunsmith. I'm just an ordinary guy. I've been doing this 14 years, bringing you my Second Amendment journey and talking about concealed carry. So thanks for tuning in. I'm going to talk this week about healthy habits. Healthy habits when you are a concealed carrier or when you're a competitive shooter or a defensive shooter or just a Second Amendment advocate. There's some healthy habits that I have learned that help to help you achieve your goals and kind of some unhealthy things. So I'm going to get into that. Please remember this show is listener-supported only. I don't have paid sponsors, and I don't run a bunch of commercials. Please help me keep it this way. If you like these episodes, please support me on Patreon. For as little as $3 a month, you can access a lot of good customized content that does not exist anywhere else. So go to patreon.com handgunworld. Okay. Let's talk about some healthy habits. Now, the first thing that I I want to discuss is printing. When you're concealed carrying, printing is a big thing. In the past, recently, I have mentioned that printing may not be the most important thing that you need to pay attention to. Now, I want to clarify that based on your area. Based on where you are at the time. Here where I live in in the San Antonio, Texas area. And by the way, folks, I'm not a native Texan. I was born in New York City. Raised up in Wisconsin. I consider Wisconsin my home state. Although I've been in Texas now 28 years. I've been in Texas longer than I lived in Wisconsin. So I guess I'm a Texas Transplant. We are gun friendly here for the most part not everywhere and I'm going to talk about that so try not to print if you're if you're in a real gun friendly area where people accept firearms printing's not that big of a deal now you would think in south texas where i live that people in texas right we like our guns well there are some not so bright people when it comes to guns here in this state, you would think they would be smarter than they are, but they're not. And I'm going to get into that in a moment. So you can't always assume that people are smart or accepting or that they're gun friendly. I guess you have to just assume that they're not gun friendly. Now, I like to carry outside of the waistband. But I have to be careful when I carry OWB outside the waistband. I got to be careful not to let it print. Uh, So I have learned that having a good well-adjusted belt and a good quality outside the waistband holster that holds the gun into your body is vitally important. Now if you inside the waistband carry, which a lot of people do, most people do I think, If you either inside the waistband strong side or your appendix inside the waistband, your concealment is probably going to be much higher. But it's concealed carry. So I'm in the process of kind of rethinking a little bit. Uh, I still like to carry outside the waistband depending on where I'm going and what I'm doing. But I don't want people to notice that I'm, I'm carrying. I struggle with appendix carry, not because I'm too big for it, I just can never seem to make it comfortable. I've lost 11 pounds in the last three weeks, and I've decided to increase my activity. Uh, I walk two to three miles a day now, and that and a good diet, and I've been able to lose some weight. I I didn't start off too big for appendix carry anyway, and a lot of big guys appendix carry. I mean, look at Spencer Keepers. I've had Spencer Keepers as a guest on this show many times. He's a contributor to the Patreon page. He's on my YouTube channel talking about some stuff. And he is able to conceal carry appendix inside the waistband. Large guns. Um, Some people can make it work. Some not with the right holster. Like a Keepers holster and many of the other good ones out there. And a good belt. And if you know what you're doing and actually get some instruction you can conceal carry just about anything anywhere i still prefer the small guns for all kinds of carry i still prefer them for outside the waistband inside the waistband appendix uh, pocket carry pocket carry is not so bad i want to talk a little bit about that in this episode but i still prefer the smaller guns You know, they're so good making smaller guns these days. They're making them with decent capacity, lightweight, accurate, easy to use, reliable. So, why not? I mean, when you can carry something like a SIG P365, when you can carry something like uh, any other micro 9mm that's high quality and high capacity... You know, why not? A Springfield Hellcat or, you know, even a, uh, uh, even the old Walter PPS-M2. I, I had a listener email me and saying he's, he's carrying a Walter PPS-M2. Uh, even if you're pocket carrying a J-frame revolver. Or maybe you're carrying a J-frame revolver appendix. A lot of people do that. A lot of people can easily conceal a revolver appendix carry. And there's real good holsters out there. And um, Harry's holsters make some good appendix carry for revolvers and several others. Revolvers hide easily and nicely. So that's a healthy habit. A healthy habit is making sure that it is actually concealed. How many of you have run into the situation where you got made? Anybody? Getting made is, I'm talking about somebody notices that you're carrying. Now, I was talking to somebody the other day briefly who is a security director for a large facility. I won't name the facility, but they're they're the person in charge of security. And we were chatting a little bit about concealed carry and about firearms and things like that. And I noticed that there was no signs posted on the building. There was no 30.06 sign, 30.07 sign, or 30.05. For those of you who don't live in Texas, uh, I want to let you know those are the legal signs that a property has to post if they want to make their building a gun-free zone. Which, it's not smart, but that's what they're doing when they put those signs up. They're making it a gun-free zone. How effective are gun-free zones? Now, I would say that this building is smart. They don't advertise that they're a gun-free zone. That's pretty good. They don't advertise it. Um, and that's when I asked him, how come he didn't have the signs, That's that was pretty much uh, what they mentioned, is that they don't want to advertise that they're a gun-free zone. But he said that... He doesn't want anybody carrying in his building unless they're retired law enforcement or retired military. That kind of shocked me a little bit. He said, well, you know, retired law enforcement, retired military, you know, they have training. And we want to make sure that somebody has training. So his implication was, if you're not retired law enforcement or retired military, you can't carry a gun in there because you don't have training. Now, that's pretty ignorant. It is. And coming from a security director of a building, I think that's kind of ignorant. Um, especially, the person's got a really good security background. So I'm surprised that in the conversation that he said something like that. Uh, he doesn't know that a lot of, especially a lot of retired law enforcement, A lot of retired police officers don't have much handgun training at all. I'm sorry, and I'm not trying to pick on ex-cops. I'm not trying. I love police officers, and I salute, and especially today, anybody that does the job of a police officer, and even those of you in the past who have served in law enforcement, I salute you. I congratulate you. I I like you. I don't want to defund you. I want you to be well-funded and well-trained. But unfortunately, not a lot of ex-law enforcement get a lot of good training. Uh, I can't tell you how many ex-law enforcement came through my classes when I was teaching with Ben Branham for 11 years. We had a lot of ex-law enforcement come through. And you know what? Most of the ex-cops said, wow, we never got training like this. We didn't know that this kind of training even existed. Those were some of the comments that we got. They'd say, thank you, Bob and Ben. This is good. I never learned this. Never learned this in the police academy. Never learned it while I was on on duty and never got this kind of training. Yet, this security director is ignorant enough to think that anybody who is ex-law enforcement and ex-military can carry... A handgun in his establishment because they got more training. Let's talk about ex military and some healthy habits here. Um, you know, it's a healthy habit to get training. That's my point that I'm trying to make right now. It's a healthy habit to get training. We had a lot of ex military also come through our training because they didn't get any handgun training when they were in the military. A lot of them didn't. I mean, the officers, the commanders, perhaps they get some handgun training and are carried a hand, or issued a handgun and they can carry a handgun. But a lot of people, a lot of just general enlisted and, and people who did not move up in rank, a lot of them only got rifle training. They didn't get handgun training. So we had a lot of ex-military people come through. And I remember a couple of them saying to me and Ben when we started the class, we're here. Because we want to learn how to shoot a handgun better. You cannot assume that anyone who is ex-military or ex-law enforcement has had a lot of training. Yet a security director is pretty ignorant in thinking so. Anyway, off that subject, it's a healthy habit to get training. I don't know how many of you listen to the Varsity Firearms podcast. Do you listen to that show? You might want to. John Valenti's doing a real good job. And one thing I like is he keeps his episodes short down to about 20 to 25 minutes. I think I'm going to borrow that idea from him. He recently had me on as a guest. And I emphasize the importance of basic concealed carry training. Not the training for your license to get your license. That's not training. That's a briefing on the legalities of where you can and cannot carry. That's about it. Rarely are you going to find a license to carry instructor that actually gives you training on self-defense. In fact, most of them don't even give you much training on safety either. I said go seek safety training. Handgun safety training. That's the first thing you should do. That's a healthy habit. Okay, healthy habit for carrying a gun or owning a gun and don't go get safety training from your uncle don't get it from uncle tom you know or uh (laughs) i didn't mean that derogatory let's say uncle james don't get don't get your training from uncle james all right don't don't get it from your grandfather uh don't even get it from your dad okay go get training from a third party All right, ladies, don't get training from your husband. Go get it from a third party. Usually works out better. We see that all the time. Getting training from a third party usually works out better. So that's another healthy habit. Go outside of your sphere of influence. All of us have a sphere of influence, right? And that's okay because that's your inner circle. Those are the people that... That you rely on. But for something like self defense training, handgun training, uh, safety training, go outside. Especially find people who teach a lot of classes. Your Uncle James might not teach a whole lot of classes. Now, if he happens to be a really good firearms instructor, you know, maybe that's an exception, but still, he's your uncle. He's related to you, so probably not a good idea to take the training from relatives. This is just my experience. I'm not. I'm not just uh, saying this because, because it was an idea that popped into my head. It's experience, it's 16 years worth of experience that I've been through that I've seen generally doesn't work out. Going to relatives for training. Now another healthy habit. Maintain your firearms. Just like you maintain your vehicle, that's a healthy habit when it comes to owning a vehicle. Maintain your firearms. Clean them once in a while. I've seen people say, well, I clean mine after every range session. Well, I I don't think you have to clean them that often after every range session. If you have a good quality firearm, do you really think you need to clean it every single time you go to the range? That most likely is not necessary unless you have some kind of a really old antique collectible gun and you go fire that. Then maybe, maybe because of its age and its lack of engineering, maybe you might want to clean that after every range session. But you do need to clean your concealed carry guns. I also see people that write or, or I hear them say things like, I've never cleaned this thing. I got 3,000 rounds, and I've never cleaned it, and I, and I carry it every day, but never cleaned it. I don't think that's a very good idea either. Do you? I don't. I don't think so. You know, when you get a gun, when you buy a gun brand new, it's brand new. It's clean. Mostly clean. I mean, it's not spick and span clean, but it's mostly clean. Okay? There's not a lot of buildup and carbon and stuff like that because it's brand new. Well, try to keep it in that condition as much as you can. I typically I typically clean my guns about every 3 to 500 rounds. And I have all my firearms are reliable even if I don't clean them for 300 rounds. And you know how I know that? I test them. I test them. When I buy a gun brand new, I do put some oil on it and clean it up just a little bit just just to start from a really clean gun. And and I usually put 3 to Three to probably three to four hundred rounds through it, and uh, all the ones I have now that I own made it through the first three hundred rounds, no problem. Even my Shadow Systems guns. Shadow System says it's a two hundred round break-in period for their guns. I didn't experience that. Mine did not need a break-in period. Mine were fine. They were fine for the first two hundred rounds. Extremely reliable. My Sig P365s, no problem. For the first 200, actually a little bit more than that before I actually cleaned them. No problem whatsoever. My Glock 42, no problem. Glock 19, no problem for a couple of hundred rounds. No big deal. I remember when I first bought my first little small single stack small carry gun. It was a Car PM9. Hey, those were really popular. They're still semi-popular today, but, you know, there's other guns like the 365 and the Hellcat and the Glock 43X and many others like that that really have gone way beyond the Car PM9. But the Car PM9 still has some real good qualities, you know. It's a nice, smooth, double-action-only gun, and that's I think that's very safe. I think a real smooth, double-action-only gun is safe like a revolver like a snubby revolver or even a standard size revolver the double action revolvers are considered to be pretty safe because of the long double action trigger and when I bought that thing I remember uh, car arms had the same policy they said this gun requires a break-in period now I think break-in periods are good don't get me wrong I've mentioned many times that I think that they're good. The gun needs a break-in, and the shooter needs a break-in on that gun. Any gun. I did not have any problems with my car PM9. Didn't have any jams for the first 250 to 300 rounds. And I practiced healthy habits. I cleaned it. I cleaned it after a little over 200 rounds, and then shot another 200, maybe 250, and I cleaned it again. So, healthy gun habits and healthy habits in general include cleaning. So, we've talked about cleaning. We've talked about training. We've talked about printing. Another healthy habit, dry fire practice. Dry fire. Very, very important. Now, I'm talking about not just pulling the trigger. I'm also talking about drawing from your holster. Uh, You can start dry firing and drawing from your holster in a safe environment. Make sure you're in a safe environment and double check and triple check that your firearms are not loaded. And practice your draws. Make sure that your draw from whatever holster you're using. Don't pull out your competition holster. Pull out your concealed carry holster. Put that on. Put your gun, after you've made sure that it's unloaded, put that in your concealed carry holster uh, using your concealed carry belt and using your concealed carry garments. If, you, if you're a guy, you wear an untucked shirt, practice your draws that way. Ladies, however you choose to conceal to concealed carry, practice from that concealed condition and practice your draws. Make sure that it's smooth. Okay, you got to get the gun out of the holster to defend yourself. It's one of the most important things there is in concealed carry. That's a healthy habit. A healthy habit is practicing your draws. And then you can pr- progress into practicing your trigger press. About a month ago, about a month ago, I was in East Tennessee visiting friends. I mean, not friends, relatives. Uh, visiting relatives in in East Tennessee, and. Um, took some family members shooting and they had not practiced much from their holster and I could tell I could tell that they just go out there with their guns in the cases set them on a table and start shooting and when we put them in the holster and started drawing from the holster they had issues Uh, One of them had a Mantis X, which is a great practice tool. It's great for learning how to press the trigger and be accurate. And, And that's a great practice tool, but that doesn't really do much to help you draw from the holster. About the only really good way that I can think of to get good at drawing your gun out of the holster is to do it. Is to do it. Do it dry fire practice and do it in live fire. Live fire. I shot competition yesterday. We had three new people on our squad. Really good to see new people. Really good to see new people out there. And one of them said, this is my first time shooting my handgun outside of a square range. First time he ever shot his handgun outside of a square range. What he meant is that He's First time he was ever out shooting it where he was drawing from a holster, shooting, moving again, shooting, moving again, shooting at moving targets, and doing all that. And he was very safe. That's good. Uh, he, he was rapid firing because... You know, he was shooting a competition match. So he was shooting his gun as fast and as accurate as he possibly could. Most of the public square ranges, I call them square ranges, most of them don't let you do that. It's a healthy habit to practice that. So if you need to find a range that allows that, find that range, join that range, become a member. Do what you have to do to be able to practice that. If you cannot find a range that lets you practice healthy habits like drawing from your holster and, and putting three, four rounds on target, then move to another position and put, put three or four rounds on target and then reload real quickly as fast as you can and do that whole thing. Again, if you cannot find a range that lets you do that, here's a couple of healthy habits you I would suggest for you. Go to a competition match. Be one of the new people. Hey, these three new people did very well and had a ton of fun. And they learned some great gun handling skills. Go to a training class. Sign up for a full day training class. You go to a self-defense class and they're going to have you doing things with your gun that you cannot do at a public range. That's another healthy habit. Take a private lesson. That's another healthy habit. Habit. Talk to the instructor before you take a private lesson and explain to him or her that you want to practice drawing safely your gun and putting rounds on target accurately and quickly. And if they won't do that, find another instructor that will. And find and you know, get an instructor that has rights to a range that where he or she can teach you how to do that. That's another healthy habit. Now, another healthy habit, I want to final, I want to conc- conclude this episode with this final point on healthy habits. There's an old saying that a lot of people in the gun industry have used. Tell me if you ever heard this. Tell me if you've ever heard this old saying. A gun must be comforting, not comfortable. Right? Comforting instead of comfortable. Um, I I do not agree anymore. Do not agree. I used to think that. I do not agree. Um, You know, a firearm, to be comforting, it doesn't have to be a large gun that holds 17 rounds and is a full-size duty weapon. Uh, It doesn't have to be. Now, I feel comfortable if I can do that. If I can carry my Shadow Systems DR920 Elite, which is like a Glock 17 size, I I feel comfortable. I mean, I, I it's comforting. It is a comforting weapon. Yes, it is. But sometimes I can't carry that. And you know what? I still have a comforting feeling with a SIG P365 or with a Glock 42 or with a little CAR P380 pocket gun. Now... My, my comforting feeling is not quite as as comforting as the big gun. But I tell you what, I'm I'm just fine with a P365 type of a gun. Okay, I'm just fine with that. And I'm fine with just the 10 rounds in the magazine like it is when you pull it out of the box. The regular version of the P365. I'm fine with that. I'm okay. That's 11 rounds. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm good with that. And it's a comfortable gun. It's a comfortable gun. And believe it or not, you know, I'm, I'm comfortable with my Glock 42 if I have to carry that. If I have to really be in a non-permissive environment where where they really, like I was telling you about, the guy that, that only believes that ex-law enforcement and an ex-military should be allowed to carry in his building... You know, if I got to be in a place like that, and I and I got to really make it discreet, that that you know they can't see me carrying anything. I, I'm comfortable with my Glock forty-two. I know I can what I can do with it. I know I can hit well with it. I know I can make good shots with it. Okay, I know I can put in some pretty good three eighty ammo Federal HSTs that'll probably get the job done, especially if I put them where they need to go. I know people who are who have a J-frame revolver with them, and and it's comforting. It's comforting and comfortable. Okay, so I think comfortable is is a better healthy habit. I think that's a better healthy habit. And let me tell you why. Because if a gun is not comfortable, you won't carry it all the time. You just simply won't. Right? Think about that. Would you agree? Most people, if they have a gun that's not comfortable... What are they going to do? They're going to leave it at home in the safe. Okay? And they're probably not going to carry it all the time. So even though it's a comforting weapon, how can it be that comforting if it's not with you? If it's not on you all the time? If it's a comfortable weapon, then that comfort is going to encourage you to carry it all the time. And all the time, I have at least a 380 in my pocket, or a 365, or a Glock 43 on my belt. All the time. So they're comfortable. And if I need them, they're comforting because I practice with them. Another healthy habit practice with your concealed carry guns. Uh, I'm going to start for the next couple months. When I go to competition and when I go to training, I'm going to go and I'm going to shoot my concealed carry guns. I'm not going to shoot my big guns. I'm going to shoot my concealed carry guns. I'm going to shoot my 365. I'm going to shoot my Shadow System CR 920. I'm going to shoot my Glock 42. Okay, in competition, there are certain divisions for the little concealed carry guns, so the people you're really competing with are the other people with the tiny guns. That's who you're competing with. You're not competing with people with the full size, open, compensated, optic ready, I mean, optic enabled guns that are finely tuned and highly expensive and all that. You're not competing with them. You're competing with the other people carrying P365s and Glock 43Xs and Hellcats and, you know, even the J-frame revolver people. There are divisions for those guns as well. When you go to a training class, you go to a self-defense class, like in October, I'm going to go up and take a couple classes at KR Training, Uh, Carl Wren. One of my favorite people in the gun industry and one of my favorite instructors. I've taken, I think, three or four classes. Um, Or if I ever uh, have a chance to go to a Suarez International class again, I'm going to take my little guns. I'm going to take the ones that I carry all the time and shoot those. That's a healthy habit, folks. Let me tell you what's not a healthy habit. And this this is really my final point of this episode. What's not a healthy habit? Is to carry something that you've barely shot. That you don't practice with. And you don't know what you can do with it. That's not a healthy habit. I'm sorry. It's just not. Because how effective do you think you can be with that gun. If you have to use it. I know it's a last resort. I know that going to your gun. And having to use your gun is a last resort. You don't want to have to do that. Do you? I'm going to say though. That you you need to be able to perform with it. That's just all I'm saying. You gotta be able to perform with it and perform regularly. And you gotta make sure that it's resu- that it's reliable. That it's also it's going to perform the way you want it to. So don't don't get into the unhealthy habit of not practicing and not training. That's it. What do you think? What do you think of healthy habits here? I've covered just a few. There's more. I think I'm probably going to be doing another, another part two on, on healthy habits. And I got some other healthy habits I want to talk about that are similar to applying to the, uh, the art of concealed carry. But I'm going to kind of deviate a little bit away from that and get into some other healthy habits probably in another episode. That's all. Please remember to give this show a review. If you listen on Apple Podcasts or if you listen on Spotify or wherever you listen to this podcast, please give it a review if you can. One more time, I'm going to ask you to help support the show for as little as $3 a month. Almost all of us waste $3 a month, right? Instead of wasting it, help me out. And uh, that's it. So remember, shoot straight, shoot safe, read your Bible every day. And I'll talk to you again next time. Goodbye.